From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into Teal the Podcast, the Adam Sandler edition. And what I mean by that is, can't we all just grab the magical remote control and push the fast forward button and get done with this thing, Mark Brunel? That movie being Click. Click. Okay. By the way, why anybody would fast forward through uh, uh, being married to Kate Beckinsale is beyond me, but uh, hey, you got to have a plot. I would rather not go forward. Can we go backwards? Can we oh. hit the rewind button oh. and start this thing all over? Okay, and if okay, let's. And if we did, yeah. what would we do? Okay, that I'm a, that's I love that question, Mark. <laughs> we might have to go back a couple years. Yeah, how far back are you going? Oh gosh, everybody would like a do-over, right? Well, we don't get that luxury. Let's hit the fast-forward button get the season over with. Let's get it over with. I feel that way. You feel that way. Fans feel that way. Fans want it over now. Fans, Fire them all fan, now. Well, Why not? And we'll get to that. Okay, sorry. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> Do players and coaches feel that way right now? Players and coaches, without a doubt, wish that they could fast forward these three games can't get over fast enough um that being said there will be some in that locker room that understand that they are playing for their jobs um everyone gets evaluated everyone's trying to stay in the nfl um so the effort will be there the preparation will be there uh, i think by and large most of the most of the uh, roster the guys that are going to playing will do everything they can to play well but i think you would agree most would agree it's not going to amount too much it's a bad football team with bad players bad coaching everything is bad it needs to be done this is going to be full of movie references today but okay i it just feels like whether you're talking about making a move right now or how hard the players are playing it just doesn't matter it just doesn't matter. Last week on this podcast, you asked the question, are we at the low point in Jaguars history? This week, Mark, do you have another question to ask? Uh, are we at the low point of, this, of Jaguars history? Boy, 25 years. Um, I can tell you this. This is certainly the worst stretch, the worst five-game stretch in Jaguar history. Um. The last time a team played this poorly in a five-game stretch was in 1986, correct? Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Buccaneers. Correct. It is a low point, and I will say that. It is the low point of Jaguars history, and I think that has a lot to do with the expectations going into this season, getting a uh, quarterback, uh, Super Bowl MVP. There was so much hype, so many high expectations, the optimism, the energy. Everyone was excited. We were excited. And yet here we are somehow at four and nine with five bad games in a row. Mark, this team, I do some quick math, was four and four at one point. And we were talking about they could make a little run here with the schedule they have. If they take care of business, they could be in the playoff hunt and the wild card hunt at the end of December and might be able to claw their way back in the postseason. I don't think we were deluding ourselves to saying it was possible. Clearly, it's not possible based on what we've seen since then. What happened? You know what? I, I knew you were going to ask that question. It's a near impossible question to answer. Darn it, answer it. I need an answer right now. 
everything happened. <laughs> everything that could go wrong went wrong. Um, let's start with the most important position. Nick Foles comes back, and it did not go well. Mm-hmm. There was so much, and I was all for it. I was all for bringing Nick Foles in. We talked about Gardner Minshew the second being a spark. Spark. I thought I thought Nick Foles would be the spark. You know, we heard from Miles Jack on the show, and you know he's a great leader and everything that we saw in camp, even those eleven plays that he had in the first game. Uh, so everyone was excited. It just didn't. It just it just fell flat. He paid, played poorly. Not all his fault. Um, but it's hard to really say how did this team all of a sudden at four and four with some really winnable games down the road get to this point. I mean, it's – and it's not just that we're – I mean, last week we were we were, we were were 4-8, and eight, playing another 4-8 and eight team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 4-8 mm-hmm. and eight teams are not good. Nope. We got waxed. Four Excuse and me, 4-7. and 4-8 yeah. and eight yesterday mm-hmm. against, against the L.A. Chargers. Bad football team. Cole, I watched tape. Tony Baselli and I watched tape about – three hours before kickoff yesterday and we watched the San Diego Chargers and the Denver Broncos the game the previous game that the uh, Chargers had and I'm watching that tape and we're watching the Broncos and they're actually playing okay and the Chargers look so bad on tape Philip Rivers bad decisions couldn't complete a pass inaccurate they couldn't run I mean they were just bad I thought you know what we got a chance today and we get absolutely blown out by a team that I had watched three three hours before a team that had played so poorly against the Broncos who aren't very good and they blow us out so when you ask is this the lowest point it has to be I mean it's it's clearly the worst team I would take our 1995 team right now the team that went four and 12 compete against this team and I'm not saying we're gonna win but I will say this okay it's a competitive game I mean we're going toe-to-toe, neck-and-neck, and it's going to be close at the end. Uh, and when I tell you that team was bad, that team was really bad. You guys, you've guys, you said this before. You had a bunch of guys who really didn't know how to play in the NFL. You no. were learning to play in the NFL. We had some some uh, established vets like Jeff Logman, guys that had been around for a while, um, that had had a, a lot of success, Ernest Givens, you know, there's a few other guys. Um, but other than that, it was free agents, trades like myself, Young draft picks that didn't, you know, didn't know if the if the NFL ball was pumped or stuffed. We we just we just didn't know. We were young. We were an expansion team, but man, we had some fight in us, and I don't see that by the current Jacksonville Jaguars. Right, during the game, I got some tweets from fans saying these guys have quit. I don't see that don't on see the it. field. I asked Avery Jones afterwards. He said no. Um, then also said if they think that we've quit, then don't come to the games and wait till next year. Well, they know they're not and, coming. And, and, uh, which <laughs> wish granted, Avery. Um, maybe there's some quit or some slack off in preparation during the week. It's hard to see that. Uh, but guys are hustling. Yeah. It's just they're not good enough. This is this is what I, th- I, th- I you nailed it. They're not good enough. I talk. I was talking to one coach before the before the game yesterday. And he was talking about the importance of a of a fast start, and this is what losing will do to you. If you go into this game, and let's say after the first series or after the first quarter, you're down. What losing does, uh, um, a pattern of losing. What it does, it, it just it triggers that. Oh, here we go again, mm-hmm. the same old thing. 
And it's not that you you quit. It's just that you you you, you don't quit. I don't think there's any quit. You just lose that. Oh, what's the word? That competitive edge. You just kind of get in a funk where you're like, oh man, here we go again. And you're just not as perhaps as focused, as energized, as sharp. Um, you just kind of fall into that losing rut. So it's important for a for a team to start well. Um, and this coach said, listen, if it, you know if we get a good start, we we got a chance. But if it goes bad early, you know the guys. And he was specific as far as the the players these days. You know, they're just not, especially young players. They're not lose used to losing. They're stars and they great college careers, and all of a sudden things go bad. Um, and it continues to go bad because you know it's kind of that. Here we go again. Leonard Fournette actually alluded to that in the locker room after yeah. the game. That you know the most games he'd lose at LSU was two, maybe three. Right. And here he is for the second year in a row on a team that has a extended losing streak. And remember last year, the Jaguars had a seven-game losing skid that uh, came not right after the win over the Patriots. They beat the Patriots, then they had sort of a lackluster victory over the Jets, then lost seven straight. Now they have a chance to lose eight straight to end the season. I wonder which year is more surprising in terms of the turn that it has taken. Last year, to have beaten the Patriots and been 3-1 and one at one point and then fallen apart, or this year to do what's happened here, which one of these two years is more disappointing as far as you're concerned? Well, I, that's that's a great question. I, I think uh, um, probably last year was was very disappointing considering the start. I mean, I remember writing an article for, for, the, for the website, Channel 4 website, like after we had beaten the Patriots. And, and I think at the top of the, the first paragraph, paragraph was, We've got a quarterback. I think I was wrong. I've been I think wrong you might have been. I might have missed that one. But, man, you beat the Patriots at home and you're playing well, and then it just goes south. Like, golly, what happened? Um, but this one, this one's close, too. And to be 4-4, four and four, getting your quarterback back, and, you know, there's, there's, there's some bright spots. A few players here and there are doing some good things. But as a team... And I guess it's 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 not only just that how poor we're playing, but the guys we're playing with, it's not like we're completely beat up. Mm. We're kind of for December, mid December, we're a pretty healthy team. We just don't have the players, Cole. So I think it's two different stories as I look at it. They are a little beat up on defense. They they've lost guys on defense, whether it's the trade of Jalen Ramsey, the no show yeah. of Telvin Smith, the injury to Miles Jack, the injury to Marcel Darius. Ronnie. That has impacted Ronnie Harrison injured. Yeah, They have been a bit dinged up. Not remarkably dinged up, but they have lost some guys through other uh, purposes on the defensive side of the football. And right now, when you look at what they have out there, it's just it doesn't – nobody would think, well, this, this group's good enough in the back seven to be able to stop anybody. On offense, though, you're right. What, there's, you know, tight end injuries, but yep. aside from that – those are who we went – The guys you thought would start. Yep. You, you've got Chark and you've got Westbrook and you've got Conley and you've got – uh, you know, Cam and Jawan Taylor at the tackles. You've got Norwell and Can at the guards, and you've got Brandon Linder at center. And you know, whether it's Minshew or Foles, they have not been riddled by injuries. And you think about what we thought was going to be the key for the offense this year. Stay healthy on the offensive line. Fournette, get back to where he's been. Well, both of those things have happened, and the offense isn't very good. The defense is a bigger problem right now, but the offense isn't very good. No, the offense is very good. I... I uh... A few things we said at the top of the list. If the offensive line stays healthy, 
we've got a chance. Protect the quarterback, protect Nick Foles. Leonard Fournette, he's had a very solid year, 1,000 yards now. Uh, we were pretty excited about the receiving core early on. Uh, when, you know, Gardner's good games, they have fallen off, and I don't know if that's the defenses we're playing, uh, you know, the, the game plans we're going against, but that's fallen off. Gardner Minshew has, has kind of hit the ceiling. I think that's probably about as good as we're going to get. He has some really good moments, but uh, he's not new anymore. You know, teams teams know that he is a starter and knows they, they know what he's going to do. Um, so everything is, you know, I, I'm just talking here, but you asked me what happened. I, I'm still searching, Cole. You know, how has it gotten this bad? We haven't played. I mean, it's not like we've played uh, the Packers, you know. it's you know, there's We haven't played the Ravens, you know. I mean, the bad teams are getting better. Uh, we're getting worse. It's, it's, it's just, it's shocking. The other thing I'm getting a lot of emotional tweeting from you're getting killed by the way there are some fans who think i'm being soft because i don't think they should fire everybody right now i think they're going to fire everybody at the end of the year i just think that's what's going to happen i said several weeks ago on this podcast that i thought at the end of the year tom coughlin would retire caldwell would be fired marone would be fired new coaching staff new front office would be brought in um fans want blood they want heads to roll so they feel better. Some fans are saying they need to they need to make a move now to send a message. What message and to who? It, you know, nothing's going to change. There's one more home game at the end of the year that 42 people will show up to and 10 Colts fans. Uh, it's it just doesn't matter, and that's the most frustrating and disappointing thing about the way this season has gone is that we're here in the middle, not even all the way to the middle of December, and we're in a just-doesn't-matter mode. Yeah, and it's a, it's just a reflection. You know, all the heat that you're getting on Twitter is a reflection of how angry the fans yeah. are. They want heads to roll, like you said. But, okay, you, let's say you you, you fire, you start, fi- you fire Doug Marone. Well, guess what? The same players that were out there yesterday, they're going to be the same players that are out there next week. And that's not going to change anything. And I'm not saying this is not Doug Marone's and the coaching staff's fault. They, you know, Doug Marone has, has admitted that they've got to coach better and they're not doing a great job. I think a lot of that is him just owning it and, and taking some of the heat away from his staff and the players. I admire that. Um, I think it's a good thing to do. But firing anybody right now is not going to solve Anything you're not going to get a spark. You're not going to get you know. You're not, it's not going to lift the team if Doug Marone is not calling the shots. That coupled with who who who, who are you going to put in there? Right. There who, are some guys. That? There are some guys you could put in that oh, position. Sure, of Terry Rubisky's been an interim head coach before. Jody Camillus. Jody Camillus. Uh, you've got Dom Capers hanging around the building. Yeah. Um, I I don't. I don't think he's had a lot of real impact on what's happened on the defense. Tom would be like, no, thank you. No, 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 thank you. I'm good. I'm good. There's another theory, by the way, uh, maybe a conspiracy theory, that Tom would come out of the front office and coach this team at the end. I don't see that happening either. No, that's not going to happen. Listen, Tom, regardless of how this plays out, he's going to have a uh, a lasting legacy as a Jacksonville Jaguar, and I think that would, to a degree tarnish it just stay where you're at let's ride this out listen everyone knows three weeks goes pretty quick and people are upset and they want you know they want blood right now but let's just get to three weeks from today which is monday and then we go forward 
By the way, I'll just give some historical perspective. Shad Khan let Gus Bradley go with two games left in the season. At the time, he said he wanted to give Bradley a chance to spend the holidays with his family. I don't know if that was really part of his thinking uh, or if he thought that would make it seem like he was a nice... Re- Nobody wants to get fired. Um, in both that situation and this situation, we all knew it was coming. Um, <clears throat> since then, Khan has said he didn't think it was a good idea to wind up um, letting a uh, coach go in midseason in the NFL. He didn't, he didn't think that was the right, the right call. So I don't think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see wholesale changes at the end, and, and we'll see what, what happens after that. We can start looking ahead a little bit now to the offseason and the draft and start look, looking at you know, what this roster looks like. And one of the things that I did not think we would be talking about even three or four weeks ago is the possibility that the Jaguars might use their first-round pick. Right now, by the way, they said it's seven if the season ended today. That they might use that first-round pick potentially on a quarterback. So, Mark, whether it's Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert or if he does come out to Tua Tagovailoa or whoever, that you see somebody in there who you think that quarterback is a franchise quarterback, would you use a top-ten pick? If you're the Jaguars on a quarterback? I absolutely would. If I, in my evaluation, I determined that this guy is a franchise guy, whoever it is, Tua, Joe, whatever, a franchise guy um, that could be my quarterback for the next 11, 12 years, I absolutely do. And that is not a slight on, on Gardner or Nick or anything like that. Those guys are rare. Um, if I've got a guy that I think can be an Andrew Luck immediately play, immediately make an impact, be a special kind of guy, um, I absolutely would. But I have to be convinced. I have to be convinced. Um, those guys don't come around, and maybe Joe Burrow is that guy. Um, but yes, yes. I mean, to win in this league, you have to have a quarterback. Now, you don't have to have a top five guy, but you have to have a you know you top 15, top 10, you know, certainly makes a difference. We don't have that right now, but if you've got a guy and he's sitting right there with the number seven pick and you just love this kid, you take him and and there's there's no question. We're back to talking quarterbacks yeah. in the draft. You have to. Amazing. I just, it is a precipitous fall and um, I think it absolutely is demanding of swabbing the decks and again... December 30th is the first Monday after the season. That's when I think this all is going to go down. All right. Uh, We invite you to join us for the Mark Brunell Show for the rest of the season, Mondays at Sneakers, Jacksonville Beach, and on CW17. And, of course, uh, please uh, share with your uh, friends who are Jags fans uh, this podcast. Uh, We will be continuing to podcast during the offseason and uh, talking about uh, the state of the Jaguars and where they're going from here. So we'll have more even after the season is complete, and you can subscribe to Teal the Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. And as always, you can find Teal the Podcast under the Sports tab on newsforjacks.com. For Mark Brunell, I'm Cole Pepper. Thanks so much for listening to Teal the Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.